Um, we've been chatting, and you've been telling me that you have a problem that you become manic when you eat healthy food. Mm-hmm. Um, now, one thing I've only done, and I've, I've only kind of recently done it in the last couple of months, is I went carnivore, right? And because I went from vegetarian to carnivore, mm-hmm. so literally from one end of the spectrum to the other end of the spectrum. I was vegetarian for health reasons and I became carnivore for health reasons. Nothing got to do with uh, ethics. Either way, what I would suggest is to go carnivore, right? Because meat we seem to tolerate. We do seem to tolerate meat as a species, right? And I'm not saying you have to stick with carnivore. But it's the most fantastic thing I've ever done for the reason is this. Um, when I went carnivore, what I done was I literally went from vegetarian on a Sunday and carnivore on a Monday. So I literally only ate animal products. Meat, eggs, cheese, dairy, anything that came from an animal, I ate it. So I was eating this. I was eating meat, uh, all meat, all dairy if I wanted it, eggs, anything as, as I said. And what I noticed was this, my mood started to improve. Now, I can only speak for myself. I'm not saying this is the key, this is the way forward, but I've done this, so I know. Um, My mood improved, my sleep improved, my patience improved, right? So then what I started to do was I ate, I'll give you an example. For breakfast, I would have eggs and bacon. Right. Uh, there's no bread. There's no nothing. It's just meat and dairy. So I'd have eggs and bacon. And what I was doing was I was cooking up quite a lot of meat, chicken and beef and pork. And I was cooking it up in, in good big batches. And anytime I was hungry, I ate it. And for dinner, I'd have a massive amount of meat. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, I was extremely satisfied which was weird in its own way. I was extreme. Like, I was eating until I was full, and I'm a binge eater. So, like, for me, that's the dream come true because for anyone that binge eats, (laughs) there doesn't seem to be an end to binging. But with the meat, I was eating until I was full, and I was literally, I had kind of two plates. I had one plate for the meat and my dinner plate, so I was just taking it off. And I was eating until I was full and then leaving whatever was there until the next day. But then I'd cook up more meat and add that to it. I was having like sardines for lunch, um, you know, with pepper and salt or, you know, that type of way. It wasn't just plain meat. I was adding seasonings to it. But I have to say, it was unreal. <clears throat> it was like for me, I'm not carnivore now. I'm eating a proper whole food, one ingredient diet. But what I'll say to you is this. What I started to do was I'd introduce one food. So I was eating meat. I had no reactions to the meat. I had no, in your case, manic episodes. And I go into states of mania where the little fucker's going off on a mad one going, I wonder, could we change the whole universe? And and you're like, ah, fuck, this is going to be for days. 
Well, with the meat, <laughs> it does, doesn't it? <laughs> That's the great thing about chatting to each other because we're fucking mental. And we know we're in a mental, so it's yeah. great. It's not like you're chatting to someone else going, <laughs> ah, they're going to think I'm mental. You know, <laughs> we know we're mental. <laughs> well, what I did was, I'll give you an example. What I did was, I was eating, we'll say, for breakfast, bacon and, uh, you know, eggs for breakfast and sardines for lunch. And then I'd have massive amounts of meat. Like, I remember eating a steak, a duck breast and a burger for dinner, which would normally be three dinners. And I was there going, this is the fucking job. Because it was really <laughs> tasty food. Yeah, that's kind of fancy dancy stuff that you'd have over three days. And I was eating yeah. it in one dinner going, ah, oh, this is great. And right, cost wise, I'm a fucker for all this. It didn't cost me much more. So the cost didn't go through the roof because I wasn't buying as much vegetables either. So it really balanced itself out. Either way, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll go through everything I did because I'm finished it now and I'll go through even how my blood's turned out, right? So I'm kind of delighted you contacted me because I wanted to talk about this. And here we are. This, you, see, that's God working his magic. If there's yeah. Um, either way, so what I did is I ate meat. And as I said, I was eating like a duck breast and a, a, a sirloin steak and a burger for one dinner. And then after about three weeks, I then started introducing broccoli. Right. And you can introduce any vegetable you want, any plant. So I started introducing broccoli. And I, for me, it was the sweets because I wanted to give up sweets. And every carbohydrate turns to sugar and every sugar makes me crave sweets. So what I did is I started introduce, introducing foods and seeing how I was. So when I introduced broccoli, I was fine. Then the next week, or sorry, three days later, so I introduced broccoli, I ate it. I, you know the way we're really hypersensitive? I forgot to ask you, have you BPD? Yeah. Great, because I would have kicked you off. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I don't, yeah, I'm a real snob. I'm a snob. I don't, I don't tolerate them neurotypicals. Um, but <laughs> yeah, fuck them. <laughs> we should have our own little days. But then what I done was I, in, I introduced broccoli and then a couple of days later, I introduced cauliflower and nothing. My cravings for sweets didn't come. Then I introduced onions. Now, when I say introduced, what I done was I introduced broccoli, had it the first day, had it the second day, didn't get any feelings from it. It was fine. I removed it on the third day and then introduced cauliflower on the fourth day and on the fifth day and then removed the cauliflower, right? Then on the Monday again, I introduced onions, nothing. The next day onions, <clears throat> then removed them. And then I introduced garlic. And I kept doing that for months, right? I introduced fucking potatoes and I went binging around the house like a mad wow. man for sweets. Mental. I wow. Fucking, I was like a bear searching through cupboards looking for stuff. And even <laughs> my wife was used to me 
not eating sweets at this stage. I says, fuck it anyway. Them potatoes are after making me crave sugar. So, excuse me. Um, yeah, so then I just removed the potatoes straight away. That was, I ate potatoes one day and I removed them. There was no way I was eating them the second day. So I gave myself a day's rest and then I introduced peas, sweet corn, all these foods. I just introduced them. And then I went back onto the fibers that I'm talking about during the podcast, my ashwangada, inulin, psyllium husk. I went back on them, nothing, right? But the beauty of it is, is this. I now know for me, potatoes, rice, pasta, spaghetti makes me crave sweets. Wow. It's up to me now if I eat them or not. No, and then what I did was I actually decided to go on a really fucking mental diet of quinoa, which is a very high carb and high fat mints. Because I wanted to try and get as cheap as possible dinners to see what it would do and then do the most thing that nobody should do, which is a high carb, high fat diet. You never hear high carb, high fat. It's just not done. It's low carb, low fat. Yeah. Right. So being a mad bastard, I said, I'll try it. And I've done that for a couple of months too. <laughs> and um, I only got my bloods back last week and they're fucking the best I've ever been. My bloods have been wow. the best. My HbA1c reduced, which is pre-diabetic. My triglycerides went from 1.5 to 0.5. If you can get your triglycerides down good and low, that's a sign of health. Um, my cholesterol as a vegetarian was 2.99 and eating complete full fat meat and high carb went to 2.66. It lowered. <coughs> yep. <clears throat> and I have the proof. Um, I have it in my phone. It's not like I'm shy talking. So eating full fat, 18% fat mince. The fat, I know it's different around the planet. The fattest mince you can eat. And it's cheap. <laughs> Like my meat, I was eating mince all week. I was just eating mince at one stage completely coming up to getting my bloods done. I said, you know something? I'm just going to eat mince, quinoa, onions, mushrooms, peppers, garlic, right? That was my dinner. No broccoli, no cauliflower. Just that was my dinner. Mince, quinoa, onions, mushrooms, and garlic, right? With uh, mustard sauce in it. And I'd done that for months coming up to my bloods. I says, Jesus, I'd love to see what this does. Because this is the cheapest of the cheapest you could eat. Right. Well, maybe yeah. rice. But it was, I think it was costing me in total 13 euros a week for my dinners. It was unreal cheap. Like it was just, <laughs> it was just. But anyway, on that dinner for months, my bloods, my cholesterol lowered on full fat. Like Lord, absolutely Lord. I could pull up wow. my phone. I, I must bring them up some such. I because I got the I get my bloods printed out. So I got my bloods when I was vegetarian, yeah. and I got my bloods when I was carnivore, and then that high fat, high carb diet. The only thing that went up was my bilirubin, which you know you could end up with yellow jaundice. But I was only doing this to prove a point. Now I'm gone off that. Now my dinners. Now I know. I can eat pretty good food so long as I don't eat processed foods. That's the key mm -hmm. is there was no processed food in any of that. There was no sweets, cakes, buns, 
breaded fish, fish fingers or fish sticks, as some people call them. There was nothing processed. It was just real food. So what I'm saying to you is, if you decided and, and you said, you know what, I'll, I'll go on the meat and then just add one plant that you like and see how you feel. And if that plant makes you feel a bit manic, remove it. And then just add another plant. That's such a good idea. And, and see how you feel. Because I'll, I'll tell you this, it took me in total, that, that little experiment. Oh, by the way, I lost over um, two stone, 20. I lost like 30 something pounds. Like I lost more weight. But I lost <laughs> more weight in my lifetime eating completely high fat mints and high carb. Um, I went, rather than saying weight, I lost four inches off my waist. That's a really good measurement of are you losing as weight is, you know, my whole body. I lost four inches. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, wow. here you go. <clears throat> and I didn't, and I'll give you an example. I was eating a pound of meat a day. Over a pound. I was eating 500 grams of meat every day. I used to go in and buy a kilogram of, of 18 fat, 18% uh, fat mints. And I buy four of them every week. And I just eat half every day. With half a bag of quinoa, which was 150 grams of quinoa, which was huge amount. Like my carbohydrates, they say you should keep it under like 20 for keto. My carbohydrates was over 200 every day. Like I really pushed the bollocks out of it as in like to be keto is under 20, under 50. And to be a low carb diet is under 100 carbs a day, grams. I was max, I was going up near 250 grams of carbohydrates a day. I was pushing that fucker as much as I could push it. And then pushing the fat. I was like 150, 160 grams of fat a day. You know, you just shouldn't. And you still felt good. Sorry? And you felt good. I felt amazing. I felt amazing. Like, absolutely, like, amazing. I'm not going to be honest. I'm not lying. I'm like, <clears throat> amazing. <clears throat> I felt really good. My patience improved. My, Do you know what my sister said to me? Because I wouldn't be into, like, as you can see, I won't be putting this on YouTube. Um, I'm rough and ready. My sisters were like, oh, my God, your skin is lovely. It's really glowing. I wouldn't be into that type of shite. <laughs> but they were. They said, Jesus, your skin is amazing. Now, as you can see, look, you can, nobody else can see this. I don't have any gray. I'm 43 years of age. There's people that are six years younger than me are fully gray because their diet is poor. When you eat well, your body will do well. But in your case, what I would do is literally go on eating meat, make up a nice big batch of meat. Um, it's really simple. All you have to do is eat meat, right? I'm just after proving it's not your goal. You won't die in three months. It's not like you're going to keep this forever. What you're going to do is you're going to figure out you. Like, I now know potatoes, uh, rice, pasta, spaghetti makes me crave sugar. There's days and I eat that stuff when I'm exercising more. So I now, that 
It took about three or four months. But that diet that I went on has completely given me a roadmap for life. I can eat white rice now if I'm going to exercise. That's what I need. Yeah. It's given me a roadmap for life where I'm so confident about my food. Like I didn't even, I didn't weigh myself in a couple of weeks, letting my brain do its own thing going, are you sure you're on the fucking target and all that? And I weighed myself there, you know, a couple of days ago and I was still 170 pounds. And 175 is my max limit now. I went from 204 pounds to 167 pounds, eating full fat, full carb. That's a fact. Wow. It cost 40 pounds. <laughs> and they tell you. Wow. They tell you eating full fat is bad for you. And like you couldn't do it for life. You're Bill Rubin. Right. You could do it, but you couldn't be eating red meat. Uh, too much red blood cells. But you could do it. I mean, you, you know, there it is, proof in the pudding. So what I would do is I would literally, um, what do you call it? I would literally just eliminate all your food and introduce meat. Like all the stuff I've I'm looked I'm so up. glad to hear you say that. Yeah. All the stuff I've looked up. I don't do these things kind of just off the cuff and then learn about it as I'm going along. When I was going to become carnivore, I literally researched it for hours and hours and hours and hours. I listened to books. I listened to scientists talk about the body. I know a good bit about the body. So I don't jump into things. Then I went carnivore. And then I researched as I was doing it. And as it turns out, for me, it was the best thing I ever did. Because I now have a roadmap completely that I can use for the rest of my life. And there's a hair after going into my mouth. Um, <laughs> and what do you call it? I now know how to eat, which is, mm. which sounds mental, but you're having awful trouble with eating. If you know yeah. how to eat for your body, that is unreal. Yeah. And I would, I would, I would, I would eliminate every food introduce your meat your eggs um and then just see even dear would you believe dairy i'm gone off dairy and i'm raging i'm gone off dairy i went on an antibiotic and the bastard of a, i'm not giving out about antibiotics but i went on an antibiotic because i got a chest do you know this coughing i'm doing for all the podcasts that was mm -hmm. a that was a chest infection i just didn't read my good food was kind of fighting the infection and the infection was like fuck you and my good food was like fuck you too because i wasn't eating that, <laughs> the two of them were fucking fighting for months and um either way i went on an antibiotic just to kind of tip it over the edge and go look fuck off the little bastard of an antibiotic killed the bacteria in my gut that digests dairy <laughs> i can't uh... eat dairy now. <laughs> i'm raging oh no <laughs> I'm raging because I had to give up coffee and I do enjoy coffee, um, but I will not drink black coffee. I hate the taste of black coffee. Um, my porridge with milk in the morning is gone because uh. um, and cups of tea. I, I, I give up tea and coffee and, and porridge. I didn't drink a lot of dairy, but them three things that I enjoyed. <laughs> now, 
the porridge has a, quite a lot more fruit in it now because there's no dairy, but um, <laughs> that's another thing I eliminated. But I'll be honest with you, I feel great because when I was on the dairy, wasn't great in the old bathroom department. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and off the dairy, fucking unreal. Like everything is as it should be. Um, so like, that's what I'm on about food. I mean, a simple little thing like dairy, when the bacteria are fucking killed because of, of an antibiotic. This is how much bacteria interfere with our life. Like, mm. and I'm always saying this in the podcast, it's huge with them. If you, you're not feeding you, you're feeding them and they're just going, thanks very much, but don't be putting this, this and this into me or I'll give you hell. Or in your case, don't be putting this into me or I'll make you manic. When yeah. you can figure out what they like, they'll just settle you down and go, yeah, that's good. Stick to that. I know it myself, if I go back eating dairy, I have about 45 minutes before I'm running to the toilet. That's a choice I have. You know, mm. I might eat dairy if I'm in a restaurant and I don't like the company. Um, <laughs> <laughs> any chance of a bit of cheese there, please? <laughs> um but I definitely would. I, w- I would do an elimination diet. That's what it's called. Not mm-hmm. saying, oh, like, it is carnivore. But my, my diet now is, for breakfast now, I'm eating porridge, rolled oats, a lot of fruit. Um, all that seems to work well. Then for lunch, I'm having um, sardines. And for my dinner now, I'm having, like, quinoa. And a lot less, a lot less meat, but now a variety of meat. I'm eating chicken and pork and beef and, and it's all low, it's, it's low fat now. You know, the type of way it is low fat because I've proved the point with the cholesterol. And now I'm just going to eat low fat meat as much as I can. I don't need all that extra fuel in me. And that's all fat is, is fuel. But I feel fantastic. Like I do. I know there's still a bit of a rasp in my um, in my voice, but um, I don't feel bad. Like, you know what I mean? I feel great. So I definitely would try that. You know, that's how yeah, I'm definitely going to. Yeah, definitely. I'm tired of feeling sick. I've tried so many times with the fruit and veg. You hear it's so good for you and things. And I've tried and tried. And every time it's the same. I just can't sleep. And then I end up. Yeah, it's just bizarre. Well, Jordan, and I love fruit and veg. I love it. Yeah, you know, Jordan Peterson, the Canadian psychologist, his daughter literally went on a carnivore diet because she was having awful trouble. And she's really doing well on it. She healed quite a lot of autoimmune diseases she had on it. Mm. Yeah. And like, I was very hesitant with the carnivore diet. I was like, ah, Jesus, no. I mean, fucking meat is... You know, this and that. I will say one thing. Um, when you're eating a lot of meat, you're gonna have to look, say it as it is, your stools. I'm being polite. Um, we like to say shit in Ireland, but stools. <laughs> <clears throat> you're you will not have much stools. I was worried about the fiber. What's mm-hmm. going to push the meat? down through your GI tract because fiber does fiber expands like and it just pushes everything and forces everything mm-hmm. out 
right? That's what it does. However, I did look into this. Eating meat is fine. Some people will say, and I'm a huge advocate for fiber. So it's like when you're hearing me saying eating meat is fine, I've researched this. I love my fibers because they're feeding my gut bacteria. Um, I love that because the fiber I know feeds my gut bacteria and I wanted to get back to them. I wanted to make going back to the little boys and making sure they were happy. So I can tell you 100% eating nothing but meat, your stools will become extremely small, which is extremely normal because you're not having any waste. See, your body is digesting every bit of it. So, oh, wow. so the only reason you actually have large stools is the fiber that doesn't be digested. Um, and the, the, the bulk of the vegetables that don't be properly digested. With meat, pretty much everything's being digested. <clears throat> because we're designed to eat meat. Um, we just are. It's just that simple. As a species, we are designed to eat meat. Um, it goes in. It does go out. How it goes out is your GI tract, like a snake, is 23 foot long, and it actually contracts in and out. So it pushes it itself. I can tell you that. I've researched it. In case you're going, Jesus, you know, my stools are gone extremely small. They will because you're not eating all the bulk. You know, when I went back eating my fibers, my stools went back to uh, their normal, whatever sizes again. But just I'm telling you all this because if you do do it, you might panic and go, oh, Lord, what's mm. going on? <clears throat> no. They'll be extremely small. Um, but your fucking mood will improve. That's one thing I noticed. Your mood improves because I'll tell you why. In my, This is my opinion. We're mad bastards who have this brain that never stops. And because the brain never stops, it's going all day. If you can imagine that being an engine, it needs a huge amount of fuel. So when you're eating fat and protein, that's exactly what the brain and body wants. Now, the brain eats sugar, but at the same token, the liver will convert fat into sugar and give it to the brain, which burns more fuel because the liver is working a bit. Um, but when you eat that type of uh, food, you're giving your body huge amounts of fat. And that's where your brain settles because if you notice when you're, when you're stressed, you need, you're craving sugar. Because your body's like, fuck, I'm in danger. Get sugar into you in case you have to run away. The reason your stress levels go down is when you get stressed, your body automatically checks to see the fuel. And because there's so much fat in there, it goes, I know you're all right. You're okay. And because you feel satisfied, because protein and fat will satisfy you. Once you, once you consume protein and fat and it, and it starts digesting in your, in your stomach acid, it sends a chemical signal to your brain to say, look, there's quite a lot of fat here and a lot of protein. And your brain stops the ghrelin hormone, which makes you hungry. And it makes you satisfied. So it's a simple process what's going on inside the, the digestion uh, system. And I, that's one thing I noticed. I was extremely satisfied eating um, just meat. 
Like I wasn't able to eat after I ate the meat. Even eating the quinoa now, I'm still a bit hungry afterwards, even though it's a huge dinner because mm. I'm activating the sugars in me again. So I can honestly tell you from, uh, from my experience, and it's not that I've done it for a couple of weeks. I've done it for months. If you do it, you should get good benefits from it, you know. Yeah, no, that's such a good idea as well, introducing one, leaving it for two days, and if you have nothing, taking it out, like, yeah, yeah it's really good. Yeah. I'll because, definitely be doing it. Yeah, because you, in a couple of months' time, and a couple of months will happen one way or the other, and I'm, I'm assuming you're fucking miserable because if you're, um, because if you're contacting me, you're not happy. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, John, you want to have a fucking chat? <laughs> Nobody contacts me that's happy. Um, I'm like the grim reaper of miserable. <laughs> I know. I mean that as a joke, but either way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a really good thing because in a couple of months, you will have a complete list. And look, I'm assuming you have a smartphone, open up your notes, start, you know, tomorrow whatever started i've done this and then introduced um broccoli not zero introduced potatoes i put down a one zero one and when i look back over it i went right these are the foods that trigger me i ate potatoes yesterday i know eating potatoes makes me crave sweets um i ate them i wanted to eat them But I knew before I ate them, the consequences of eating them. Mm. Right. And then I had me honey roasted peanuts as a little treat. (laughs) So (laughs) I knew doing that would lead me to the honey roasted peanuts, you know, Mm. being sneaky. But at the same token, if let's just say if I notice my weight going up and we're coming to Christmas, well, then I just will not eat any carbs. I will over Christmas if I notice my weight going up. Or if I notice I'm getting overly stressed over Christmas, I'm going to go back carnivore. And then after this, yeah, and then after Christmas, I'll just... So you see, this is my point, and I really recommend you do this, is mm. learn about you. Mm. You then will have a list of all the foods. Well, I'm not eating 20,000 plants. You're only eating, um, you know, 21 to 25 different plants. That's only going to take a couple of, like, you know, Two a week, two plants a week is 14 weeks. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So you're not going to, it's only going to take a couple of months. But the beauty of the end of them couple of months, by the time March comes around for you, you're going to have a complete detailed list of all the foods that you can tolerate. And you give your mood beside them. And Mm. he needs to know you can do it yourself. But it's the same token, as I said to you, when I eat um, any, uh, like potatoes, I crave sugar. Yeah, I ate them yesterday to have my honey roasted peanuts. Because the craving, I, it's, it's amazing to say this. I deliberately made my bacteria crave because the pleasure of, of, the pleasure of getting that craving satisfied was better. So I'm deliberately, rather than just go on eating, say, a normal meal yesterday, and then I'd have the honey roasted peanuts, they don't taste as nice when you're not satisfying a craving. 
see how much control I'm in. I'm actually deliberately causing myself to go into a craving because I know I'm going to eat the peanuts. And then my craving is really satisfied, even though I'm causing it. Whereas mm-hmm. before I'd no control. Mm-hmm. Now I know when I put a food in, I'm going to crave uh, sweets. And then the craving when I eat my honey roast peanuts gets really satisfying. Like I'm, I'm cheating all the way. <clears throat> but at the same token, I'm in control. I can choose not to eat them potatoes. You know, I can choose not to eat the pasta, the white rice. I can choose all these things. Or as I said, if I'm doing exercise, I can put in white rice, quinoa, massively high carbohydrate fuel that I can really give it a good going over with exercise. So it's amazing. Go on. So earlier on, could you not control like it either? Like before you started doing all of this, your, your vegetarian oh, and your oh, carnivore. No, I was binge eating sweets to bait the band before I started this. I was eating about a pound of sweets a day. Wow. And, um, <coughs> excuse me, I was eating about a pound of sweets a day. And I wasn't like 204 pounds for me. That was my threshold. I was not overweight. But... I knew I was going to head towards pre-diabetic. I knew I was going to head towards putting my organs under massive amounts of pressure, trying to digest all that sugar, you know? So I kind of, and then the COVID as well, if I'm being honest, because I'm not jibber jabbered. So I had to try and go, sugar is a major thing for all viruses and everything else. Everything loves sugar. Mm. And... Uh, I said, right, I'll try and fucking, you know, give my body the healthiest approach I can get coming into the winter, which we're in now, because, you know, the, the virus in the winter is going to spread like a fucking wildfire, which it's doing now at the moment. You know, so as it turns out, yeah, there it is. It's outside. Omnicrom was knocking on my door last night going, let me in, you fucker. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm letting you in in a few days when I'm healthy. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> he looked at me and I looked at Omnicrom and we looked at each other and I went I'm gonna fucking get you you little fucker yeah I've been, <laughs> I've been fucking planning my body for months to get you so anyway we've yeah gosh that's yeah, another still... thing this the viruses and things very scary time hey, do you know something and it's perspective right and I'll tell you why I won't say where you're from or anything like that right but Mm-hmm. I know I know where you're from. I'll tell you, Ireland, we have an average of four and a half thousand cases a day. Right? Mm. Legendary, right? We have 94.7% of our population vaccinated. Wow. I was saying this a few weeks ago on YouTube and someone goes, oh, you're such a liar. You know, don't be trying to scare people. And I'm like going... Fucking trying to scare anyone. How was saying you have ninety four point seven percent of your population vaccinated? Trying to, and he was trying to say there's no way are you getting four and a half thousand cases a day with ninety four point seven percent vaccinated? I was like, on, we just are. I don't give a shit. Mm. What does it mean? I mean, that's a. I'm looking at a light and a camera there, and that's just a fact. So mm. prove it, he says. 
So I went into our government, York, and brought up the HBSC data base. Sorry, I said 94. I said 94% of our population is uh, vaccinated. And I says we're getting around 4,500 cases a day. And he was like, no way, no way. You're a fucker. Uh, so <laughs> I, proved, I went back in looked, and looked up the database. And I was wrong. It was 94.7. <laughs> and 92.4% of the 12 to 18 year olds. Like. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> but of course we're getting cases. You know what I mean? Of course. The virus is like, I'm going to get you one way <laughs> or the other. <laughs> so did you have your vaccinations? Do you have to have, be vaccinated over there? Is it mandatory? No, I'm not vaccinated. No, I'm not vaccinated. No. Um. I'm not vaccinated because I used to swell up when I was younger and they couldn't figure out why I swelled up. And they went to vaccinate me and I said, they said, did you ever swell? And I went, yeah. And they were like, oh, we can't give it to you. I said, why? Because your throat swells. And every, you, you know, BPD, you know, the flags we have. Not only did every fucking red flag in me go up, there was a little bastard coloring in red flags going, I've more here for you. <laughs> he was like... <laughs> Oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. They were telling me I had to go to Dublin. <clears throat> oh, you left to go to Dublin. Now that's 80 miles away. I was like, why? Oh, well, just there's a doctor there. And if your throat swells in, he'll give you like an antihistamine to bring you around. <laughs> I was like, eh, I don't really feel confident now. <laughs> oh, no, it'll be fine. I said, well, if it's fine, put it in then. This is what I said to him. If it's fine, put it in. Uh, I can't do that. I said, why? Well, Kiss as well, but sure, it's fine. But this is a true story of what I'm going to tell you. This is Ireland, right? <clears throat> you know, sure, we're fuckers at times. Dublin rang me and said, Oh, we can do your vaccine on Tuesday. And I went, Sorry, I rang my doctor. And I said, Look, they want to give me the vaccine, the, Ma the Moderna. And uh, I says, Do you want to get which one is it, Sean? I says, Moderna. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's 100%. Are you sure now? Because, like, what about my swelling? Will it make me swell again? What if I swell? I'll have to go back. And I've really worked on my mental health. Like, fucking really. Obviously, you don't know me every day in my life. But I've really worked on my mental health. I am fucking flying it in life. Like, no hassles. I don't come on here and give you a load of shit and then go into a nightmare life. <laughs> And I was there going, ah, kind of worked really hard and everything, you know, yourself, doctor, like, um, what if I swell? <clears throat> no, you'll be fine. I said, Grant. Dublin rings me a couple of days later. We can do your vaccine tomorrow. I says, Grant. Yeah, we've researched your case and um, we're going to give you the, the, whatever the one shot one was, the Johnson, I think it was, Johnson, Johnson, it was one shot. <clears throat> I says, what about the Moderna? Which is, you couldn't take the Moderna. <laughs> I says, what? He goes, there's P-E-G in it, right? In the Moderna. You can't take the Moderna or the AstraZeneca, he said. I says, why? Oh, well, they're, they're known to give you anaphylactic shock, right? Not everybody, some. I'm not saying everybody. I was there going, and my little fuckers in the background that were going, another red flag, the doctor said this, you, and he's saying this, and I was like, um... 
I don't feel great now, I said. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'm 43. I'm really healthy. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't eat processed. I, I didn't eat processed. I'm not eating processed food at that stage. This was like months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm just going to do it on my own. Are you sure? He said, I said, look, I'm so worried if I take it that I might start. I'm not worried about the vaccine mm. as in the rest of the world. Technology, mm. brilliant. Really fucking. You, I've researched the vaccines. Top notch technology. And it's going to be even better as the years come on. I'm worried about Sean Key's swelling and going right back down the snakes and ladders board from 98 down to six going. Uh, I have to do this all again, but I have three kids this time and a mortgage, a wife. It's a bigger fucking hill I have to climb. And I'm going, no, that's not for me. I said, look, just not for me. And he, do you know what he says to me? No, in fairness to you, you, you've, you've, you have a valid reason. And I went, yeah. Two to three days later, I got another call from Dublin. How are you, Sean? Listen, if you want to come up tomorrow and get your vaccine. I said, sorry, I was chatting to one of your colleagues. And you probably weren't chatting to him, but I'm not going to take it. Oh, no, no, I see it here in front of me. It's why you're ringing me first off. He says, you're not going to, this is a fact, I swear to God, I'm not making this up because I'm not an anti-vaxxer. Uh, you're not going to get your pass, Sean. I said, what? He says, you won't get your pass. He says, you won't get your di- digital cert. I said, for, for what? Now, these knew about this. This is like July, August. These knew what was coming, obviously. <clears throat> well, you're not going to be allowed into any bars or restaurants or anything like that. And well, I don't drink, I said, and I'm not really much of a restaurant type of person. So I'd still prefer to be alive. There's always that one. Um, and he laughed and I laughed and I went, look, like, I'm that afraid to take it. I'm just still going to pass if that's okay with you. I'm afraid. Huge difference of me saying, no, you're trying to kill the world or whatever sort of shit is out there now that I don't, you know. I says, I'm afraid. That's what it is, a fear. Anyway, that was the end of them. Had to go and get my bloods done, didn't I? Because <laughs> I'm doing this diet. <laughs> I said, fuck it, I have to go to the doctor. I went into the doctor and he goes, did you get the vaccine? I says, no, I'm too afraid. I don't want some fella in Dublin fucking jabbing me and next thing something goes wrong and he's like, fuck it, next please. He doesn't know yeah. me. Mm-hmm. And I and he goes, yeah, in fairness, that's a good point. Would you be more confident if I give it to you? I says, I would. Right, I'll give it to you. I says, you know me, you're my doctor. This was a Monday. And I was booked in then for the Friday. Thursday evening, my anxiety went through the roof, which I do not get. And I just rang them on Friday and look, I'm too anxious. I was afraid. I'm still afraid. Because I'm, I'm in control of my own health. You know the type where? No. I'm the type of person I've had one, two, three, I think three or four PCR tests, antigen tests, and none of them were for me. It wasn't because I done something. Mm. I had them because of other people going, ah, shit, I was with someone and uh, you're going to have to get tested. Uh, fuck, sorry, I was with someone. You'll have to get tested. Always. And I've had negatives all the way. So... I'm extremely respectful towards it. I'm extreme, like my, I go from home to work. In work, I leave the doors open. Uh, so it's constant air blowing around. Um, 
in in work, I I'm I you know I distance myself as best I can, and then I go up to my mother's, and then I go home, and that's my route. If someone if if by chance I got the COVID and someone said you'll have to contact all the people, I'd be like yeah, I have no one to contact. <laughs> you know, and in Ireland they're blaming everyone. They're blaming the people that are not vaccinated for spreading the disease, even though we're not allowed out. <laughs> it's like. Yeah. How the fuck are we spreading it? We're not allowed. <laughs> we're not allowed into bars. We're not allowed into the cinemas. We're not allowed into the gyms. We're not allowed into restaurants. We're not allowed into just everyday shops. We're only allowed into food and, um, you know, like where you buy your food and chemists or pharmacies. I completely respect that. I don't own the shop. I don't own the bar. I don't own the restaurant. Mm. You don't want me in there. Not they don't. They don't. Irish government does yeah. not be there. I respect that. Mm. That's the law. You should mm. follow the law. You should. I don't give a shit. No, that suits Sean Keyes because I'm the most introverted person on the planet who doesn't even like being around people. <laughs> my, my kids and my wife, who I love unnaturally, drain me. If the people that are around me that I love so much can drain my battery, happy fucking days if I'm not allowed to go places. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about hitting the jackpot. So for me, for everybody else, it's a different kettle of fish. But in <laughs> Ireland, yeah, in Ireland, um, the cinema map for you there. Sorry, what did you say? The cinema must have been a hard one for you though. Do you know something? Um, I'll just show you. I know no one else will see this. Look, I have this. See that black. That's an 85 inch. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's how much I give a fuck about the cinema. Oh, wow. I built this house to never leave it. <laughs> I made sure. Uh, nice, nice. Yeah, one sec. Now, I'm so introverted. I built the house. I built a house to suit me. Um, yeah, so look, I do like with the COVID, yeah, Ireland has a massive vaccine rate. Like even our booster shots are massive. Um, we have a really good, up to, like the Irish people really wanted the vaccine. Massive uptake with it. Massive, massive uptake. Everybody I know, I'm the only one not vaccinated in work. <laughs> I'd be like, get away from me, you dirty fuckers. <laughs> Going around spreading it. <laughs> you know, you are? What's that? Sorry, I missed what you said. What was that? I said in work, I'd be slagging them going, get away from me, dirty fuckers, going around spreading the COVID. <laughs> yeah, but either way, look, do you know something? Hopefully... Yeah. In What's that? I'm losing you there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm losing you. You must be listening in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They must be they're like, fuck him. I'm like, hey, I'm not saying fuck you. I'm just saying that's that's the way it is. That's the way it is. I don't care. I, I literally yeah. don't care in that sense. You know. But um, either way, how's it all over there for you? Uh, I had the first vaccination because we we 
it's getting pretty much mandated in our work Mm. and I got really sick so now there's no way I'm having the second and now I'm trying to get myself better from being really sick (laughs) and yeah preparing to lose my job next year that is a nightmare isn't it in fairness and these are things people won't talk about because the the minute you talk about it you're anti-vaxxer and it's like and I heard a great uh, I heard one of the best I thought was great because <clears throat> I've really researched this as well because it is a concern and one of the best quotes I've heard about all of this is this just because mm. I won't drink the toilet water doesn't make me anti-water mm. you know what I mean and yeah at the same token it has to be talked about in a sense of this. We are not, we, right. There's not enough data. There's just not. There's not enough data. Someone was saying to me, oh, you should, you know, you, you, you should get it and blah, blah, blah. And I said, but there's just not enough data yet. There's just not enough data. You have to understand we're in the trial phase of all of this, which is true. There's, I'm not saying that to be controversial. There's even some pharmacists, mm. there's even some pharmacists that don't know we're in the trial phase, which is mental. It's mental to think there's, there's pharmacists mm. out there that are like, I, I've said this to one or two pharmacists in my time going, should I get, you know, I will get it when it's fully trialed and there's enough data that it proves to me that my body won't swell. That's 100%. Mm. When I can go, yeah, mm. I will not, so, I, when I won't get long-term swelling, and I was saying, because it's in the trial phase at the moment, really, it's just an experimental uh, drug at the moment. Mm. No, it's not. And I was like, yeah, it is. And they were like, no, it's not. And the next thing I pull up the data of emergency legislation in Ireland. <clears throat> now, I know the Australians waited a bit longer, so they didn't want it to be emergency legislation. But look at the fucking shitstorm they're in. Concentration camps. <laughs> what the fuck is that about? Um, and then I showed the, the, the data to these pharmacists and they were looking at me going, you're a bastard. Yeah, all I was doing was showing them data. People nowadays hate data. Mm. You know, opinions are the fucking fruit of the loom nowadays. Data is like you're evil. And I just follow data. I go, I don't have an opinion per se. And one of them was saying, well, you're an anti-vaxxer. No, I'm not. I will take a tetanus vaccine. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's over 40 years on the planet. It's only killed 36 people. I think the last count in America was 11,000 dead from the vaccine. America. You've had an allergic reaction. I know people mm. who've had I know people who've had allergic reactions. There's a fella with myocarditis there in America, and he's a he's a he's a, a professional mountain biker. He ended up with fucking myocarditis, 29 years of age. Can't be unproven mm. because the lad was really fish, and then he ended up with fucking myocarditis. And I'm there going, I would much yeah. rather COVID myself. And just take my own little yeah. chance. <clears throat> um, and just let nature do its own. Even someone said to me, well, sure, what have you got myocarditis from the COVID? And then that's just the way it's supposed to be. 
That's just fucking Ow. nature. That's just in nature. I don't want to put something in and then something happens and I'm like, fuck. Fuck it. Yeah, that's what I've done and I'm just so disappointed and now I've got the pressure of the second one and I just can't do it. I just can't do it. And is there a doctor then that would um, help you with that? No. Nope. Nope. It's not serious enough. It won't be like I've written a letter and everything and my doctor just rang me and he was like, what are you scared? I was like, no, like not, not scared of the needle. He's like, I'll do it for you. And I was like, no, I'm, I just am scared of how sick it makes me. Like, mm. it's nothing to do with the needle. Like I went and got the first one. I wanted to try it. I was feeling well. So I went and did it and it, it mm. set me back massively. Like I just, and, and yeah, you- they're trying to give us money to, to have the second one <laughs> and things like that. Yeah. But I just can't bring myself to do it. No, again, I know this is a controversial, it's gone, this has gone controversial, but at the same token, if you have to give somebody money to take medicine or something, that's like a child, you know, you just take the medicine and I'll get you a treat afterwards. You know, it's like a child in that sense, but we're adults. It's like at no stage when I hit my hand off a rusty nail and my tetanus is gone over 10 years that I'm going, ah, fuck it. I'll chance it. You're dead. Tetanus works. Um, there's no fear if I have to go to any of um countries that you need um malaria injections or all these things that have been tried and tested for years and years and years. At any stage, I just can't grasp the fact that this is brand new. <clears throat> and I know they've been researching this since the 1980s. I know that. And I know that they've been really developing this in the last 10 years. I also know that, right? But here's my argument, right? Because even this is my argument because I'm a stupid bastard and this is the best way I can say it. A company that makes cars has been making cars for over 100 years and they have the top engineers on the planet who have been making and designing cars for hundreds of years. In the six years it takes to develop a car, two of them years are are kept for health and safety. In other words, they drive the cars in rain, they drive the cars in snow, they'll they'll crash the cars, they'll leave the cars in Mm. extreme weather to see if they'll go on fire. They will do two years of research to make sure them cars are safe, right? My argument is this. Nobody would get into a car and drive it if they had just took away it in two years. Nobody would. Nobody would say, if there isn't a salesman on the planet that would like go, listen, we're after developing a new car. It will have it out in four years instead of six. Why four? Well, we're not doing the health and safety. Why? I'm sure we're making cars for over 100 years. Why would we need to? I mean, we, we, we test, we done the last... I mean, the last cars, we've done them for two years and the ones before that for two years and the ones before that for two years. We know what we're doing. You wouldn't get a salesman on the planet to sell one of them cars because they're not tested. And that's my only argument. When this is running a couple of years and all that, you see, what you're, what's happening to you now normally happened behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. That was documented. <clears throat> and then... They've done more trials and more trials and more trials. 
And then eventually, when they when they gave the vaccine out, they gave you a list of listen. Um, these are the side effects. You want it. I can't understand how nobody has a choice. <coughs> At what stage is anybody going? Uh, why? Before you put that, like before you look with me, before you put that into me, is there a chance I'll swell? Yes, I don't want it. Mm. That's my choice. Mm. At what stage do we not get a choice to put medication into us? I mean, what is the mentality of the planet? And it's the planet where you no longer have a choice. You know, one of the best things I ever heard was to go to a solicitor, get a document written up, to basically say to anybody like your employer, you know, if you want me to get the next vaccine, sign here, and if anything happens to me, you're liable. Mm. And then I'll take it. Mm. You know, that's exactly right. Because they're all sitting there saying, and nobody understands. They're just like, oh, if I say that I'm not well and stuff, they're like, well, you should have it. You're more reason to have it. I'm like, but you don't understand. Like, if you don't understand something, don't comment on it. Everyone's getting really nasty about it. And oh, it's awful. It's a huge amount of pressure. It's a huge amount of pressure. Like, and, and you've, you, I know exactly where you're coming from because I'm, you got your jab. I didn't get the jab. And it's from the same thing, from fear. You got it. Mm. You had a massive um, red flags. And now every mm. inch of you was saying no. Mm-hmm. Now, did you recover from that? Did you recover from the initial first jab? No, I haven't yet. I had in October and that just started. Like I just am not. Yeah, it's just started everything that was happening before. Foods and stuff. I can't sleep again. Like everything's just going round and round and round all the issues I was having before that I've kind of got on top of and things I just can't it just I just can't get on top of it and you see and I'm not just saying this because I know people that like was talking to me about the vaccine and I was saying to them yeah definitely you should go and get it you know in my opinion I'm not a doctor mm. but I was just you know from from their lifestyle mm. And I think it should be a personal choice. It should be, mm. listen, I, there's not an inch of me that is going to take this. And I mean, losing jobs and all that. What is the world coming to when? I know. People, I mean. I can't believe it. I actually can't believe it. I've like fought through so much to keep my job. And now mm. they want me to make myself sicker to keep my job. Like, I'm just like, What? <laughs> I would go to a solicitor. I definitely would go to a solicitor. I'd find out the human rights and all this. Of course, they're going to know it at this stage because it's two years on the planet. And go and say, listen, what are my rights? Um, yeah. My legal rights, what am I? Because at the end of the day, there has to be some sort of, I won't say exemption. Are you diagnosed with BPD? <clears throat> And uh, no, no one really here knows about it. Everyone kind of tells me, but I've listened to you and another podcast as well. And yeah, I definitely am. Right. But either way, one way or the other, you can, I would look into it and see how you can manage this in a very legal way. How you're going to get it in a, in a sense of, as I said, I would go to a solicitor. If so far, I've not had any grief. Mm. 
so far and thankfully my boss is really he's a gentleman he's a very logical thinking person you know i'm on my own which is fine where i am but at the same mm-hmm. time if i wasn't i i wouldn't be taking it i'm not taking the vaccine because i'm afraid you're not taking it mm-hmm. because you had a bad reaction to it and at what stage is our autonomy taken away from us where we're not allowed to make adult decisions about our own body? Mm. Mm. You know, we, we, we have to make decisions. As I said to somebody before, you're taking the vaccine for the same reason I'm not. You're afraid. Mm. You're trying to get it into you as quickly as possible because you're afraid. I'm trying to keep it away from me as much as possible because I'm afraid. We are exactly mm-hmm. the same boat. Mm-hmm. You need to, people when people think I'm anti-vaccine and I'm not. Mm. I'm very much I work so hard on myself. I want yeah. nobody, I want nothing. If I see, I mean, for me to give up coffee is fucking huge. But my health is more important to me, my mental health, my my wife, and my kids are extremely important to me that I want to make sure I'm a good loving husband i can't be doing that shit if i'm fucking swelling and i lost 51 days i lost 51 days out of work because my body swelled 51 days that's wow. a lot of money to lose that's seven that's you know that's 10 weeks off to lose 10 weeks of wages for me in a year is not survive it's not sustainable if I was out for 10 weeks uh, in this current climate, that would sink me. There's not a fucking hope of me putting a vaccine in. <clears throat> I'm not going back to that. Place. And you see, you're doing the same thing. You got an allergic reaction. I know somebody who got the first one and they were um, in the medical end and they got uh, an allergic reaction and they wouldn't take the second one and and... Like, oh, I sure can't. <laughs> At what stage are, is the world gone fucking mental where an allergic reaction now means, well, I don't care. Take it. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't care about you. We just want this to stop. That's exactly so, what it is. Even though it's not stopping. Mm-hmm. Like, this virus, and I am nobody. This, but I do love bacteria. This virus is going to do exactly what every other fucking virus did. It's going to run Mm -hmm. its course. You need to get fit. You need to get healthy. You need to look after your sleep and exercise and get your body in shape. And the virus will have a less impact on you. Mm -hmm. If you don't do all these things, you're going to be more susceptible to it. And that's just fucking basic what you should be doing with your body one way or the other. Mental health, viruses, health, whatever. To turn around and say to somebody, I don't care about you. Really, what I care about is you spreading it to other people. And that's all I care mm-hmm. about. When you know that that's the agenda. And I wouldn't mind that so much if the case was that nobody was then spreading it. But the fact remains, and I know plenty of nurses, that people that are in hospital have been jabbed. The people in ICU have been jabbed. The people that are... Mm. I know a man that died only a couple of weeks ago who was healthy, you know, and he was jabbed. That can't be denied. 
Mm-hmm. Not me trying to say I'm a conspiracy. It's not that man lived. He was in his 70s, early 70s. He was doubly vaccinated. He was an extremely healthy man. And he got the COVID and he died. Mm. How devastating is it for his family when he followed every protocol, right? <clears throat> and nothing happened. I know another person who works in a bank and flat out will not take the vaccine. And that person has had to cover and they were put into the vault, which I found hilarious. So they were put down into the vault where all the money is so that they were away from people. And I found this hilarious, right? So they were delighted because like myself, they're introverted. That person has had to cover for over 70% of the staff that were all vaccinated that got the COVID. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know I mean? <laughs> that's a true story. Like, I, I won't make up a story just to make a story, but that's a true story. I just can't say who it is. Mm. But it's the same token. And then you'll hear other people who were like, well, I got, you know, I know someone who got the COVID and they died. And that's just fucking nature. At what stage did we, did, at what stage did we stop nature in a sense of being its own? I mean, I'll give you an example, right? Five years ago, previous to 2019, you got the cold or a flu and I got the cold and a flu, right? And practically the rest of the planet. Did you ever consider once that you've killed an elderly person with the cold or the flu? Because you have. And so have I. At some stage in my life, I caught the cold. I then gave that to somebody else. And down the line, somebody elderly died from that through me. Mm. Right. I never thought about that till COVID. Now, if you catch the COVID and somebody dies through natural occurrence of life, you're to blame. You're to blame now. I mean, for the first mm-hmm. time in human history, we now blame people for nature doing what it just does. And this anxiety around that going like is mental. There was a there was a lad, a young lad in our place, and he got the COVID at 21 years of age. And I was joking, saying to him, Did you feel anything? He said, No, you could have spread it all around. We could have all got it, and I would have been blamed <laughs> because I'm not. <laughs> yeah. And he was laughing, going. Yeah, that's probably true. And I said, the fact is, you have it. And I said, by the way, I wouldn't give a shit if you weren't. I don't. I'm not afraid of the COVID. I'm not one bit afraid of something that has... I've looked at numbers. For a child to die of the COVID is... A child's survival rate from the COVID is 99.99999%. Wow. Right? To give that into context, which many people wouldn't know, four children on average a year die from the flu. Wow. Four children. Four. Nobody ever looked up this stuff because it wasn't important, but it does kill children. That's where it's night. That's why they can't say it's a hundred percent. The COVID kills less children than the flu does. Right? Wow. That's a fact. That can't be denied. Look up the stats. The chances, I have it in my phone. 
I'm going to give you them, right? I looked all the shit up. I'm going to give you them because we're talking about um, And uh, because, you know, we're going to fucking chat about this. Be adult about it. Is my, is my, you know, is my yoke, right? So here we go. I've looked all this up and I've checked it out. So the survival rate from zero to 19 years of age from the COVID is, point, is 99.997. Zero to 19. So a 19-year-old <clears throat> to zero has a 99.997 chance of survival. From 20 years of age to 49 years of age, the survival rate from COVID is 99.98. Right? Two people. The survival rate from 50 to 69 years of age is 99.95. It's still 99 over. Wow. And the survival rate from uh, a person 70 years plus is 94.60, which is pretty fucking okay in my eyes. Right? Here's another statistic, and anybody can contest. Can I have no problem if someone comes back and says, you're a lying bastard, Keys. Fuck you. Do find the research and come back and prove me wrong. After a, pe- after a person's test, do you know the PCR test? You know the PCR test? That's the whole fucking plan. A PCR. Do you know when you get tested for COVID? Do you know when you mm-hmm. get your... Yeah. You know your test for COVID? It's a PCR test, it's called, right? <clears throat> Is that your quick one? No, no. This is the proper PCR, it's called. Ah, uh, yeah. Proper laboratory cost of fortune test, right? Uh-huh. Right? After a person's test. So these PCR tests test for DNA or RNA, right? That's what they test for. They want to see is their RNA in there. They're great. The only problem is when, the, when they cycle in other magnification, right? So when they cycle it, after, after so I'll give you this, right, an accurate test, an accurate PCR test is run at 17 cycles. So in other words, if they run the PCR test at 17 magnification and they're seeing that you have COVID, you have COVID, 100%. And it's alive. It's a living it's alive in you. Anything above 25 cycles is dead. So in other words, if they magnify it over 25 cycles and they see COVID, it's, it's dead. It's probably in you, but it's dead. They run the PCR tests at 35 cycles, which means the amount of false fucking positives out there is through the roof, right? It's a fact. <laughs> This, I researched the bollocks of this. When you oh. get a PCR test, they're running it at 35 cycles. It could be fucking dead inside of you. But that's a case. For the first time in human history, we're not looking at deaths. We're looking at cases. Cases don't mean anything. Your man mm. that was off work for two weeks didn't have a fucking symptom. He didn't have a runny nose. Mm. Now, all of a sudden, and here's a fact, Fauci, 
the American dude, he said, we never, ever looked at people that were asymptomatic. They did not cause pandemics. Now, all of a sudden, asymptomatic are the cause. You can't be changing it as you go along, right? Mm. So eating four portions of processed foods per day increases ill health by 62%. That's four processed foods, bar of chocolate, packet of fries or crisps or whatever people call them. <clears throat> so there you go. Four portions of, of processed foods per day increase ill health by 62%, which is why I don't fucking eat sweets anymore. <laughs> because I'm <laughs> responsible. But I mean, again, now here's the thing. Them, you know, these figures, 99.997, do you know what the beauty of all of this is this? And I mean this respectfully because there could be people here that there, someone has died with COVID and I'm not being disrespected. It's nature. And that's blunt. But I'm always blunt. It's nature. If my mother dies from COVID, she's 74 years of age. That's nature. She died because of COVID. And here's the, here's the thing. The people that are dying from COVID Huge percentage of them have two or more core morbidities. Two or more. I think the oldest living person to get over COVID was 106 years of age because she was healthy. Wow. If you're overweight, I couldn't give a fuck about people that are overweight. If you're overweight, you carry more cells in your body. The more cells mm -hmm. in your body means the more you are spreading it. That's a fact. That's not me saying people that are overweight is this. That's just a fact. You carry more cells and the COVID goes into your fat tissue and you're able to expel more of the COVID outwards. Here's another fact. I'm not vaccinated. I have a BMI of 22 if you get another person, six foot one with a BMI of 22, who's completely vaccinated and has his booster. If both of us get the COVID, we will expel the exact same amount out of us. <laughs> That's a yeah. fact. That's a fact. I, yeah, I just can't understand it. I have researched the bollocks. It's crazy. Though. I've researched the bollocks. I don't really talk about it because it's a real touchy subject for some people. But you can't undo facts, even if you don't like them. Sometimes I am a bastard. That's a fact. Yeah, I can't undo that. But if I'm spreading the COVID with the exact same amount of viral transmission as a person who's doubly vaccinated, what the fuck is the purpose of it? Well, I'm losing you. Are you losing me? You'll have to go back to your, you, you'll have to go back to your uh, Wi-Fi. Yeah, so I mean, all of these things, all of these things are facts. And at any stage, if anyone wants to kind of contest them, because I can, you see, when I say something, right, within about an hour or two, I can get that paper for you. Because it's not Sean Key saying this. It's not me. I, I don't have an opinion. Mm. I look up data. And in, if someone said to me, fuck you, Sean, that's not it. The beauty of COVID is this. You can't um, lie about dying. You're either alive or you're dead. There's nothing can be done about it. 
Look at the people who are dying. <laughs> That's all you have to do. Never mind the cases. I remember last year, the cases were going through the roof in Ireland, and I was like, thank God. And people were like, what the, what, what, why? Well, sure, the more of us get it, the better. The virus will just do what it does. It'll live in us, and then it'll, it'll wipe out those that are meant to go, and those that are not. It won't. And again, that's not me. That's nature. That's just fucking nature. If it was my time to go with the COVID, I'd say, fuck you, you little bastard. But it must have been my time. You know? At the end of the day, you can't deny facts. And if we stick to facts in life, mm. things are a bit more simple. Um, Sweden, no masks, no lockdowns. My nephew lives there. So no masks, no lockdowns. Sweden has 1.4 people in every thousand dying. No masks, no, that's a pretty good average. Here's a little fun fact about Ireland. In 2015, there was around 32,000 people that died in Ireland. In 2016, there was around 32,000 people died in Ireland. 17, 18, 19, 32,000. And then COVID hit. And you know how many people died in Ireland in 2020? 32,000. 32,000. What? Can't, you, like, you can't do anything about the deaths. You can't make them up. You can't be like, this, you can't be like the Simpsons in Springfield while when Sideshow Bob is trying to get votes. <laughs> I'm going around to all the graves. You can't do that. There was no more deaths in Ireland in the last five years. 2021 is nearly finished, and in April we'll have our new statistics, and I can fucking guarantee you there won't be much more than 32,000 people dying in Ireland in 2021. Do you know how many people are born in Ireland every year? 60 fucking 2,000. Everything is okay. There's, 31, there's 32,000 people dying. There's 62,000 people fucking being born. Everything is okay. Yeah, but that's, mm. that's okay. That's not your mother or brother or husband or daughter or father. Of course. You know, it's life. It is life. It's just life happening. In Sweden, Sweden has, this is a fact, right? This is a fact. Sweden had no lockdown. The bars were opened. The cinemas were opened. The restaurants were opened. The schools were open. The only thing they closed was the colleges. That was it. They didn't want you traveling from one end of the country to the other. That was it. They asked people to social distance. They didn't ask people to wear masks. They just asked them to wash their hands because for the last 150 years, that's only the only science that they have with a virus. Right? That's what the Swedes did. The Swedes coming into 2021, according to a top doctor in Sweden, Sweden had the highest... You see, here's what the world works as well. In 2018, if the deaths are high with influenza, there's fuck all deaths in, 20, in 2019. That's always been the case because nature balances itself out. Even viruses don't want to wipe out a population. Sure, they'll have to jump into another species, right? According to Swedish doctors, Sweden are heading for the lowest mortality rate in history. In 2021. Wow. 
with no lockdown. <clears throat> They're heading for the lowest mortality rate in their history. Because why? They had a high mortality rate in 2020 with no lockdowns. Nature does its own fucking thing if you leave it the fuck alone. And every time you interfere with nature, it tends to say, fuck you. And I can't deny that fact, as in Sweden. I know I'm laughing, but I'm only laughing because people are riddled with fear. If you just research it, and research it, not trying. I've, I've listened to more books on pro-vaccination as I have anti-vaccination. They're both correct. Absolutely. Each side is right. But you should have your choice to have a side. You should have that choice. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. And I mean disrespectfully. We only got abortion in Ireland a couple of years ago because it was my body, my choice, I remember. Right? I personally wouldn't do it. Well, I'm a man, I can't. But my body, my choice. I don't think men should be allowed to vote on that type of thing. Um, if I'm being honest. Do you know? <laughs> I don't think we should. But either way, that's not for today. If it's my body, my choice, when does that change? I respect the fact that I'm not getting into restaurants. I'm not going to go out in the streets going, let me in. Let me. I don't give a fuck. It's your restaurant. If you don't want me in there, if I'm not vaccinated, I completely respect that. But you must respect my right also to not take in a vaccine that has not been, there's not enough data on it yet. There isn't a scientist on the planet that could turn around to me right now and say, Sean, you're wrong. We have this amount of data. There's a bigger difference in in researching something which they've done for 10 years, really, they've researched it because of the SARS-CoV-1. I get that. But you have to understand a few little facts. An mRNA never worked, right? That's a fact. It didn't work. They've researched it. It didn't work, which is why it never got into production. Because they have been researching it. It didn't work. In 2019, the last mRNA mm-hmm. trial didn't work. It was rejected by the FDA. How much fucking money are they losing with these mRNA yolks not working? Now in 2021, mRNA is working. <laughs> it's amazing. But if you look at the research, you can see the data. It was rejected. <coughs> and a top epidemiologist mm-hmm. wow. said wow. that, not me. A top epidemiologist mm-hmm. from India, I'm repeating her words. She works as a vaccine maker and she said we've never been able to make them work they were rejected we've tried but we couldn't get them to work of course the whole fucking shitstorm went and the government's like give us the vaccine give us it and the and the vaccine company was like well we don't have anything for you yet this is another fact we will give you emergency legislation that's true We've heard it. The governments waived the right for people to sue them. And I respect that. If I was making a product and someone said, I need this product right now. And I said, well, it's not really ready, but I fucking want it. Well, fair enough. I'll give it to you, but I'm not fucking, I'm not, I'm not being responsible for it. So I respect that. That's not the vaccine company's problem. That's the government. They said, I've often sprayed cars and not often, 
maybe in the last six years, there was two cars or three cars I sprayed that I seen were sprayed before. And then I'm putting paint on top of that, my paint. But I said, I don't know if that's going to fucking last. The last person to paint it didn't do it correctly. I signed a yoke and I'm not standing over this. So if it comes back, not my problem. That's what they did. They went, look, this is not ready yet. Uh, we don't give it. The government went, well, we need it. But it's not ready. It hasn't been gone. They didn't even trial it. Like, isn't the trial that was healthy individuals? 40,000 healthy individuals <laughs> trialing a fucking vaccine is not a trial. You need to trial it with people who are core, mor- core morbid. You need to trial it with people like me who fucking go into a swelling spasms. Then you get your research. After that couple of years, then you can go, listen, mm. that type of person, not so much this one, this one, this one. This is why in the beginning, and, you know, there's a, an epidemiologist here in Ireland, and I'm following him like a fucker. And I, he, you know, last April, he said 95% efficiency, brilliant, and the whole country loves him, which is why Ireland has a massive uptake. August of this year, he goes, um, yeah, you know, still getting there, but we need a booster. Right. <laughs> so I went from 95% to needing a booster. Right. Six months ago, I was saying, ah, they're going to scare the bollocks out people come the Christmas time. This is six months ago. I was saying this to my wife, who is pro vaccine. And uh, she goes, why? It's just the same as get up to bed, isn't it? What do you mean? You know, when you want to, you know, like in the 80s, get up to bed or I'll kill you. You need to scare people to make them conform. And she goes, what do you mean? Now, here is my theory. This isn't a fact. This is a theory I had six months ago. I said, when the vaccine doesn't work, not if, when. She goes, Sean, who do you think you fucking are? You think, this is what she said, and I respect that. Who do you think you are? You spray cars. Yeah, but while I'm spraying cars, I'm listening to doctors talking about this. I'm listening to people on my phone who spent 40 years in this shit. It's not me coming up with an opinion. So this is, according to them, when the vaccine doesn't work, they're going to push for more. But in order to do that, they won't, because if something doesn't, if someone came in and painted your house and it didn't work, and he said, look, I'll give it another go. You go, would you ever fuck off out here? Can't do that because they knew it wouldn't work. So then they have to scare you and then, Everyone is running. And I, and I said this to my wife. They're going to scare people so much that they're going to, get, they're going to vaccinate the children. She goes, no, they're not. I says, I'm telling you. What makes you think that? I would do it. I'm a bastard. I would do it. Now, if a cunt like me would do it and scare people, I'm sure people would fucking, that are way more intelligent than me would do it. And as it turns out, the whole of Ireland is terrified because the vaccine didn't work. Thankfully, because according to the epidemiologists we had, the booster is going to give you three years. How does he notice? It's not three years out. How can you say a fucking vaccine is giving you three years when it hasn't even been out three years? <laughs> and that one person that I know is going, hold on there a second. This has, like you can say without a shadow of a doubt, a tetanus gives you 10 years protection. You can say that. You can say it because it's been out. You can say the malaria mm-hmm. does this. You can say the BCR does this. The MMR does this. You can say these things. They've been out. 
you can't say this. You can't say something's given you three years when it hasn't been here three years, and not one person has gone. Hold on, there, sex shirt. It's only out eight months. How could he possibly know you're going to get three years protection? So the booster everyone's got. Mm. Like Ireland is our our uptake is massive. It's huge, and I think it's brilliant. Because when they realise that it's not people like us that are causing the COVID, they'll go, ah, fuck. <laughs> but either way, mm. he's now saying, so the booster was needed and everyone got their booster. He's after coming out recently going, it's so exciting for 2022 with the vaccine. <laughs> and they're going, you're just making it up as you're going along, you mad bastard. He's after saying it's so exciting. Mm-hmm. And you know something, right? I'm looking at this like it's a petri dish. It is exciting because everyone that's taken it is the experiment. There's nothing can be done about that. And in 2022, they're going to have so much more data that they're tweaking this vaccine like a bastard. They're going like, you know, they've already done it with the Moderna to stop the under 20s taking it because it gives them my mitocarditis they've done that right and uh, you know someone said to me the other day how come how come it's still spreading and i said because i listened to another doctor it's spreading because everyone's vaccine was based off the alpha we're into the delta now they should have they should have just let it run its course i mean the omnicron as far as top epidemiologists on the planet who like to tell their version, their version of the scientific truth, everyone's really excited about Omicron because it's gone down to a common cold. It's done. The pandemic is literally fucking done. The problem is this. Every government in the beginning ordered a shitload of vaccines that they have to pay for. (laughs) Now you'll eat your fucking dinner because I'm not wasting food. The problem with the vaccines, why people are still giving the COVID is they're for the alpha. They have the vaccine for the delta. None of this is my, I'm Sean Keyes is not saying this. These are scientists saying this. And if anybody wants the data on it, send me an email and I'll send you on the links to these top scientists, right? They're not giving people the Delta vaccine. They're not making it yet. Because they still have loads of the alpha left. So eat your dinner. There's no way am I spending good money on food. Eat it. This is why they're trying to get everyone jibber-jabbered, because they've spent a fucking billions. They've locked down countries. They're up to their fucking eyeballs in debt you will take this fucking vaccine because I'm up to my eyeballs. Do you think I'm going to waste good money on food? You will eat that food. That's how I see it. I might be wrong. At the same token, it's not my problem you bought fucking this stuff. If I don't want to eat my dinner, I won't eat it. If my kids don't want to eat their dinner, they don't eat it. It's thrown out. Done it a few times, but it has. The Delta Omnicron, according to scientists, is a common cold. Nobody's died from Omnicron yet. Nobody. Not yet. And I'm watching it. I watch this like a hawk. 
the amount of data and research I've on this, I don't talk about it because it's a fucking BPD podcast. And there's a lot of people that are like, fuck you if I did. And I'm talking about it today. Nobody has died from Omicron as of the 13th of December, 2021. Nobody. It's rampant in South Africa. Now, here's the thing about South Africa is the Delta are the better because in South Africa, and I was in South Africa, they have a massive shantytown, which I've seen. 500,000 people in the shantytown. You could not get it better for a virus. It's like Disney World for a virus. Happy days. The, that's where the beta, they think, came from. The shantytown was so much as it is, this, the virus mutated and went into all the people. That spread through that shantytown like wildfire. Fuck all people died. And these people, I've seen it. They don't have proper sanitation, which is a nightmare if you want to stay healthy. The Omnicrom now is in South Africa. The only problem is everyone's herd immunity. Because they've all been fucking... Mm. They've all been... Not many have been jabbed. They've just got herd immunity. The thing about that then is... <clears throat> they're all very young as well, which, you know, you have a really aged population in Italy and Spain, which is why they had the most amount of deaths. And then you're seeing on the news as well about Italy. Oh, my God, the army had to be called in. Do you know why the army, like that was around the world, the army had to be called in. They did. See, I love if people told the truth. I hate when people tell half truths. Just tell the fucking truth. The army had to be called in initially for a simple purpose. The Italian government wanted everyone that died from COVID to be cremated. There's not that many crematoriums in fucking Italy because they're very much like to put people into the ground. They're like somewhere to go to. So they had to bring in the army because there isn't that many crematoriums. And then the, and the people that do the crematoriums were overstressed. So the army had to come in and take the bodies. But they didn't say that. All they said was, and the army had to come in. It's gone so bad. Yes, it was, because, well, it wouldn't have been so bad if you'd let people bury their families instead of crematorium. Why didn't they just say this? Well, sorry, lads, don't be panicking. Um, we just want you to burn them instead of putting them into the ground. No, that's, again, look it up. <coughs> you can't deny that. That's why, right? Spain had it fucking rampant. We take in students from Spain. They're not so bad now because they had it. That's what a virus does. They're also not saying is this. When a virus jumps from one host to another, it's a huge gamble for the virus. In order to jump from a species to another species, if it doesn't work in that species, the virus is dead. That's a massive gamble for nature. Look at it from the virus's perspective. This is not me what I'm going to say. I'm listening to top epidemiologists on the planet. What they have said is this. When a virus has to jump, it's a, such a huge gamble to jump from a bat to a human being that if it doesn't survive in that human, the virus is then dead. What happens to the virus is when it jumps into a human being, the human being then has to adapt to it. Just like when the 
Christopher Columbus went over to America and he met the Indians for the first time. He literally wiped out millions of them because they were not used to our bacteria, our viruses. They weren't able for it. That's what happened. When the virus COVID-19 went into people, it killed the elderly, right? And it spread like wildfire, which is normally what it does do. And that's when you're going to get the most amount of spreading in the population. The virus then mutated into the beta, and that killed people. And then it went into the delta, which killed people as well, but not as much as the alpha. Again, you can't hide the deaths. The deaths are going down, right? A virus in its own way, I know it's not alive, I know it's not living, and I know it's not it doesn't have a conscience, but according to epidemiologists, what a virus does is it tries to adapt to make sure it can live. The most optimal host for a virus, according to epidemiologists, is that they don't even know you, you don't even know you have it in you. Because then you can spread it everywhere. A healthy person walking around spreading the virus to another healthy person is spreading a virus. Do you know, and I've said this in podcasts, so it's not me making this up. You have over 13 trillion viruses in you already. You don't even know they're there. Every human being, a human being, if they took all their cells and anyone that listens to every podcast that I've done, I've said this last year before all this shit started. If you took every cell from a human being, 91% of the cells are bacterial, 8% are viruses, 1% mammal. Can't be denied. We are more virus cells than we are mammal. We already have viruses. Wow. You can't deny these facts. <clears throat> and that's nothing got to do with COVID. That's, I've said that in podcasts. When I was trying to research mental health, I looked, what is a human being made of? Now, what a virus does in the history of viruses is this. When it's most deadly, it spreads fuck all. Reason being is it does not want to wipe out its new host. So it's its only testing the water. So what it does is it goes in. It doesn't spread too much to make sure, because if it spreads and it kills everyone, it's literally dead. So the virus tweaks itself going, yeah, that didn't work. Mutates. That didn't work. And it mutates again. Now Omicron is spreading seemingly between two and a hundred times, which is a mental number, but that's just what I've heard. So it's spreading at least twice as fast as Delta. If it's spreading that quickly, it's less deadly. It's gone into a common cold because now it has the optimal environment. So in the history of viruses, when they're spreading that quickly, they're less deadly. I can't do anything about that. That's just facts. I'm not saying Omicron is not going to kill people. The common cold kills people. According to top epidemiologists, and I've looked over two to three scientists on this, just in case one of them was biased towards not vaccinating people. And actually the scientists that I've looked up that are all pro-vaccine. Right? So they're pro-vaccine. But they're all saying when a virus spreads that quickly, it becomes less virulent, as they called it. <clears throat> so we're gone into Omicron now. 
which means it's spreading like wildfire, which, and there's not one death. Now, there was people then that went to uh, a party, um, and I think they're from Oslo. So a group of over 20 people that were at a party, they got the Omnicrom. Every one of them had the Omnicrom over three weeks ago. Not one of them has died. So it's not just South Africa with a young cohort of population. The Omnicron, you have to understand something. And this is a fact. What I'm going to tell you is a fact. <coughs> I can't prove it. But to the best of my knowledge, it's a fact. A man that was, I was talking to from Dublin, he was telling me he's the football coach of a young football, not famous, anything like that. Just young lads playing football. One of the young lads has a severe blood disorder. And every six months, he's to get his bloods taken. In October 2019, he got his bloods taken. And a few days later, he got really badly sick. In April 2020, when he got his bloods taken again, they were able to tell him that his bloods in October 2019 had COVID in them. We got our first case of COVID in Ireland on the 15th of February 2020. Official. However, these are a few little fun facts that I do fucking know. I live in a town that has a massive army barracks in it, and they were over in Wuhan <laughs> during the World Games in September and October. Right? <coughs> now it takes fuck all to transmit a virus, because that's the whole gem of a virus. So it's 100% we had Irish soldiers over in Wuhan, so did the Americans doing the military games. That's a fact. It's also a fact that this young lad, according to our, HL, our health board in Ireland, they said he had COVID in his blood in October 2019. Which means, how, right, look at the logistics of how quickly it spreads. I know it's not spreading as quick as Omicron. It had from October till February to spread. Mm. Here's another fact. In January 2020, I got badly sick, but I spray cars and I thought it was a chest infection, which I'm used to. Because I was keeping my little boys, my bacteria well and healthy, my doctor gave me, because I had an ear infection as well, he gave me an antibiotic. And he gave me steroids to open up my chest because I told him I felt like there was a snake contracting around me. I couldn't breathe. I didn't take the steroids and I didn't take the antibiotic <laughs> because I was like, fuck that shit. I don't want to take an antibiotic and kill <laughs> off my little boys. I've worked so hard on them. I crawled up our stairs laughing, going, I'm definitely not going to be able to mind the kids because I was fucked. I was in bed for about three days. And I was loving it, right? So, I don't know if it was the COVID, but I'd say it was. I didn't get sick at all last year. This is the first time I got sick, because I got so badly sick. This is the first time since I got sick. And I'd say that's down to the job. I spray cars. I go in and I'm smelling solvents all day. I'd say it's just down. That's just, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. So at the end of the day, uh, I personally, myself, 
I've researched this since day one. To give you a little bit more of, uh, of what I've researched. There was a ship called the, the, the Princess, the Queen Princess or something like that. The first ship, cruise ship that got COVID all over it. This was in early 2020. The Queen Princess, something like that. All mm-hmm. elderly people. People that go on cruises are generally elderly. 12% died. Now, if it was this massive killer, you couldn't have got it better. It should have wiped them all out. 12% died. Out of three and a half thousand. Still not great. But what you had was the perfect breeding ground for a virus, because it's on a ship, recycled air, closed cabins, everybody in one place, and you had 12% dying, which was a lot high. How did they not look at this and go, yeah, but you're still not killing, like, you're getting, you're basically getting elderly people together and a virus spreading through the whole ship. And even the whole ship didn't get infected. Mm-hmm. When they tested everybody, I think it was only 60% got infected. So it didn't even infect the elderly. Some of 40% were okay. How the fuck is this such a deadly killer if you have the perfect Petri dish, <laughs> the perfect um, scientific, and, and I'm, I'm not being emotional deliberately. I'm being scientific. I'm being, I know people died. Push that to one side. Put the emotions, if you've BPD, to one side and look at it from a logical standpoint. Every one of them should have died. 12% died. In now, when I was listening to epidemiologists in the early times, they were saying you should be, you should roughly about two people out of every thousand is going to die from this. As it turned out, two people out of every thousand is dying. So you have two people, you have two people that are dying from every thousand. You know, roughly 10% of the population getting, no, two people in a thousand. That's who get it. I've looked up the stats on average and I'm being, I'm being kind of, I'm given more 10% of the population get it. Mm. What I mean? So really you're talking 10% get infected with it and 2% out at 10% to give you an idea of that. And it's so far in Ireland, Ireland has lost 5,000 people in two years. That's two and a half thousand people a year. That's two and a half thousand people have died. Oh, five million. That's roughly 2%. That is roughly 2%. That's, this is what they're saying. You know what I mean? So rather than getting afraid about it, when you have the logical data that you can pull up, that scientists have done, for me, I became less afraid. Less afraid of it. And listen, I'm going to keep in touch and let me know how your diet is going and let me know. The yeah, product. yeah. Thank you so much. I will for sure. OK, OK. Um, right. I'm going to say goodbye. OK. Bye bye. Bye bye. Yeah. Bye bye. Bye.